Guys, welcome to another week of Tabernay Talks. Uh, I'm Alex Tabernay, your host for the day. I uh, welcome you guys back for another fun-filled episode. Uh, hopefully you got uh, last week's episode with uh, Chris Summers, who was our uh, lead guest. Um, hopefully you'll tune in every week. Tabernay Talks is uh, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. We air. Uh, so tune in, uh, subscribe. Uh, all of my family, friends, I'm looking for everybody to uh, check us out and uh hopefully uh, get some information every week on real estate that you would need to know in order to keep you going. So this week I have a very special guest. Uh, you know, I've been waiting to get him on. Uh, so I said, let's do the second episode with him. He's a South Philly guy like me. Um, both uh, are local. Uh, I always say stick with a local realtor and a local lender, right? So I figured he would be the guy to really lead us out here and get us going. Mike G uh, with uh, Century 21 on Passchunk Avenue. Uh, I've done business with them before, so I know them well. Uh, I know his father, uh, he has a great family. Um, so you definitely are gonna wanna hear this episode and, and hear all about him. So Mike, take it away, tell us about yourself. Alex, thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. Mike Giangiordano, uh, the second Century 21 forest of real estate, as Alex said, in the heart of South Philly, right on East Pashunk Avenue, we've been there. Uh, for close to 100 years. Um, my father and I are co-owners of the business, and my dad's been in the business about 40 years. Uh, we're not only realtors, but we do rentals, property management. My dad's an appraiser as well, and we're licensed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Uh, as Alex said, I'm Philadelphia born and bred, grew up two blocks from the office, never left, still live there, That's work crazy. there. Crazy. Um, Love it. Went to St. Joe's Prep for high school and then Drexel right. for business. As Worked. local as they get, yeah. this guy. Stayed through and through. Yeah. I really am a big believer in, in the city of Philadelphia. Right. That's I awesome. I love this city. But um, been working about 10 years in the real estate business. Although I say since birth. because I was going to say, because your dad's been in for so long. So I'm sure he got you in. I was always in. around him. You right. know, it was like, take your son to work day. Well, it was with my dad every year. Right. So doing the same thing. Right, right. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um but we have a good relationship. We have a good team, as you kind of alluded to, mm -hmm. um, an experienced team. And we have a lot of years of experience in the office. And we really know our market, you know, and we know Philadelphia and we know South Philly. And uh, now we're knowing more of the burbs in Jersey as we do more. I mean, there. you guys are like a staple on Passion Avenue. Like how many real estate offices are over there around you? We have three on the avenue. Right. Um, but we're the oldest. Okay. That's still around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're right big. in the heart, you know, right. Right, right. on East Pashunk. We've been there uh, almost a hundred years. Okay. Still in the same neighborhood. I actually went on a listing. You're a hundred years old now. I, know, I look good for a hundred. I look good. Uh, <laughs> you look really good. Yeah, I like it. I didn't age at all. No, not at all. You look great. I mean, you, you know, the fountain of youth somehow, you know, so. I went on a listing appointment like five years ago. Yeah. And the guy said to me, my parents bought their first house from Mason Forrester, who was the, the original three right, owners right, right, right. of the, the business. That's he was crazy. on the avenue. He was a real person. Mason, wow. Mason Forrester. Wow. Yeah. See what I mean? I mean, so, I can't get much older than that. Right. You know? I mean. <laughs> How old is your dad now? Just to ask. He's 69. Wow. He'll be 70 he's young. Next year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's never going to retire. Right. He's, work. He he's still it. working. Oh, he loves it. Right. He loves it. He probably will retire and not know what to do. He'll sit around no, all day. Be bored. He'll be bored. Right. right. I mean, he enjoys beating up on some of the newer agents. Right. You know, trying to right. teach him a couple. Well, of that's things, hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, how many young agents are you bringing young agents in the office or what? Uh, a few. My cousin, are you trying to stay more experienced? Uh, what's the? I think we're more about experience and having your own little book of business okay. and your consistent business. Yeah. Because that's more important in the long run. Because right. as you see, and you know, and I know, when the market slows, you got to be prepared. Sure. You know? And you have to have a yeah. consistent referral business or um, rentals, property management like we do. Yeah. You got to be diversified. Yeah, Are you seeing more rentals right now than actual um, residential deals or what's your, what's the, when, what's going on? When rates went up. You see more rentals. moved into the rentals. Right. Yeah. Right. Because. And the rental prices are going up too. The rent started to go up, but then they've come down. They've leveled off a little bit. Okay. So they're, they're still up there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still better to buy though. Oh yeah. The oh, cost sure. of owning is less than renting. Well, state. sure. Because these rents are going crazy. Yeah. At 3000 a month. And ah, it's crazy. Some of the numbers. Right. It's nuts. Even in South For, Philly, they're, they're asking that now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you have a whole house, yeah. That's insane. So, um, all right. So listen, the reason why I had you on the show is because I know that you know the inside of what's really going on in South Philly real estate. Yeah. Okay. You're on the street, right? We're, we're, uh, I'm a mortgage guy behind the computer all day trying to make your deals work, right? And if we had a problem and the income's messed up, the, the credit's messed up, whatever. So, so I'm, I mean, I go out on the street to, to closings, yeah. but- but you're the guy that's on the street that sees the firsthand people. And, yeah. and I'm sure you're going into houses that you're seeing things too. So um, with South Philly over the past five years, let's go back from 2018 until now. Yeah. Or two, yeah, 2018. What's the difference between 18, like 18 and what I said last week in, in my uh, opening show was 18 and 19 to me were a great market. They were, it was, they were good years. It was normal. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like, um, you know, you were, you did normal deals. They weren't overbidding each other. They weren't going crazy. Now look what's going on, right? 2023. So what do you think the difference in South Philly is from the buyers and sellers that you're seeing in 18 versus what, th- what you're seeing now? Well, in 18 and 19, it was a normalized market. Yeah. You know, there was enough supply, maybe a little too much supply, but still strong demand. But right now, there's no supply, but there's still demand. Okay. Even though rates went up and prices are still going up. Right. Now, is there inventory in South Philly right now that you're seeing that they're coming on or is it? Uh... Things are coming on, but I don't think anywhere where they should be. Okay. I think the inventory is still pretty it's light. It's still low. Yeah. Okay. And what about crime affecting crime. South Philly uh, buyers from coming in? I don't think that's a big deterrent. So is that like South a lot of people ask me that. Alex, why do you live in Philly? There's so much crime there. What's your take on that? You know, as far as a buyer coming in and you saying, you know, are you seeing that that's deterring good people from leaving or coming in or? I don't think so. I think you you still see a turnover, which is somewhat natural. Maybe they, they have a family, they have a few kids, they yeah. want to move to the burbs because they're ready. They're outgrowing their space. Sure. Um, maybe, unfortunately, the parents pass away and the kids want to sell the property. Right. Or, you know, they want to sell the property and an investor comes in, they flip it. And then another you know, family or somebody comes in from somewhere else. By right. right. I mean, I still see a lot of migration from other areas into the, into into the, the city. city. Okay. Yeah. New York. I just had somebody this weekend from California. Come here. Yeah. Wow. I had a sale three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Guy sold his house in South Jersey, moved it back into the city because he wanted to be in the city. He wanted to be okay. in the heart of, and he moved right into Pashunk. 
Wow. Yeah. That's great. You want it to be close to the restaurants, to the shops, be able to walk, right. go to the stadiums, go into town. You know, that I think Philadelphia will remain pretty strong and consistent. Do we need new leadership, do you think, to um, make sure that the city returns back to 2018? Or is that a big factor? Or is it just, you know, we just need another cycle? Well, I think that we are going to have some new leaders coming in. We got we're getting a new mayor. We're going to have a which is going to pretty help. much new right. city council. Right, right. I think that will help. And I think that if we can get to the root of some of the problems that we have here, we're going to be able to help everybody. Okay. You know I ran for state. Yeah, that's I why know. you're asking me that question. I was checking you. Another was, part of the I wanted to make sure here. that you stayed on your uh, you know, your your campaign scheme there, you know. So. In 2022, I ran for state rep in my did. In my district in South Philly, yes. but I lost. It was a good experience. Right. Politics is ugly. You should I have never lost. I don't know why a guy like you would lose in in a in a predominantly Italian area of South Philly. Uh, you know, that uh, everybody knows you, Yeah, your name. Well, you know, so. I'll tell you one thing. People don't vote. That's the problem. It's, it's that staggering. That is the problem. Yes. The percentage, 15% of people vote. Right. It's insane when you have a city of 2 million people. Yeah. Well, close to it, whatever. And, and how many are actually registered? 200 and something thousand. Out of the 2 million. Leaders. I mean, it really is a disgrace. Wow. That's But I, mean, I, I won't get into that. It's just, oh, well, I it's mean, crazy. Yeah, listen, that's why you're here, because we want to hear what you really think of you know, what the story is, it, but, but I, I didn't realize it was that low. Uh, people registered. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the voter turnout is, is it's really bad. egregious. Okay. So, and that is a big factor. This is why we see the problems we have because you have people in power that just want to stay in power. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there is a certain political and if you try to upset that, they don't like it. Right. Right. Um, I think that the, the, they can clean up these neighborhoods if we get law enforcement is low on, uh, the amount of people that they have, right? Yeah. There's not enough people that they're recruiting that want to do the job. Yeah. And morale is low. Right. You know. I mean, to me, this is the way I view the world. If people don't feel comfortable or safe in their own communities, they can't leave their, they don't feel safe enough to leave their home. That's really, a problem. Nothing else matters because right. you could have the best schools in the world. You can have the cleanest streets. You can have the greenest streets. Yeah. But if people don't feel comfortable leaving their house, what... What good is all that? It's funny you say that on the way here. I was at a light. I think it was like Broad and uh, I was past Broad and Snyder coming down and there was about a hundred bicycles Yeah, coming down the middle, you know, around the, not motorcycles, just regular bicycles, but there had to have been a hundred of them swarming through the lights, not letting people go. It, it caused a, a gridlock. And I think these are some of the issues that they can't put an end to where they're trying to, where they need the leadership to put an end to it, to make people feel comfortable to come in. Yeah. I mean, how could you have somebody uh, jump on a windshield in front of city hall, break this woman's windshield. I know. Uh, with two young I kids know. in the car. Right. And right. What, and there's no consequences for that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, or the guy who got shot in the head last night in the Philadelphia airport. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So there was two cops that, uh, just came on duty. Both of them are like, you know, 10 and 20 years in the force, families at home. And uh, they caught a, a gang of guys, uh, you know, trying to break into a car. And then they got shot. One of them got shot and killed and the other one got shot in the arm. Wow. I, I was, can't I find was wondering. Wow. So. That's horrible. Right. That's... This is the kind of stuff that is negative 
publicity for the real estate world. Yeah. Because people see that and they're like, oh, well, that must be the whole city. And they get scared. Right. And then they don't want to come into the city or they want to. But we have so much great potential. Right. I mean, like. Which leads me to what what makes you, what why would people want to come to South Philly over Center City? I love South Philadelphia because it's like a little town in a big city. Okay. Your everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Your neighbors look out for you. You go on vacation, you get a package left, your neighbor's going to grab it and take right. it in their house. It's true. I mean, it really is like a small town. Yeah, yeah. I used to joke I could never get in trouble. Yeah. I was a good kid. I wasn't a bad yeah. kid. <laughs> because everybody knew my dad and my mom. So he says, but if you talk to his father, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see what your dad says about that. We're going to ring him in in a minute. Uh, yeah, that's, we're going <laughs> to phone a friend. We're going to phone a friend. friend in a minute, but that, that's later. All right, so. But I could never get in trouble because, hey, oh, so-and-so, I saw your son, and uh, they were out with their friends. And I don't know, maybe we were being kids. We were being stupid or yeah, something. But yeah. we never were bad or do anything. We weren't breaking well, people's sure. windows. But, but we were was kids. Fun. You guys we were, were having kids. fun. Yeah. A mischief night was a regular mischief night. Yeah. You would, you would throw some eggs on a car maybe or – Put some chalk or yeah. toilet paper in the trees. Well, our now they blow your we, car up. We you used know? to <laughs> <laughs> we used to walk around from neighborhood to neighborhood. You know, you're probably familiar with that. Everybody was associated with their corner. Of course. Like I was tenth and tasker. Yeah. Yeah. And you would just go with that crew right there. Yeah. And do and what you gotta do, friend. and that was it. And you walked from one area to another, right. and that was right. it. So everybody knows everybody, yeah. no doubt. Um yeah. that's why I love South Philly. Right. I could tell. So I had an office of on Passion Cav. Yeah. If you remember, it was down the street from you guys. I was across the street from the taco place when you when you make the bend. What's that taco? Adobe. It yes. used to be Adobe, yeah. So we I started that building. we right, we started there and uh then I moved to Center City to Broad and Lombard. Uh but we did start in uh on Passion Cav and I could see the difference of being in Center City people versus being South Philly people. It's a, it's a different uh a different type of person. It's just so, it's it's a real community. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a community that looks after each other, that yeah. watches out for each other, that cares about each other. They still have restaurant week over where you're at and everything? or Yeah, February. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's one of my other hats that I wear. I'm on the board of Patrick. Right. You're on the board of everything. I mean, your, your name is- uh, You know what I joke? I want to be on the board where I get paid. <laughs> yeah. Where it doesn't cost me money. What's the, what's the board I that I make money? Right. I go on right. all the boards that I volunteer yeah, yeah. and it costs me money. I want to get to the point where I'm on a board and I make some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's not easy. That's, that's hard. not easy. You know? Yeah. So- um, Yeah, but we- Pashunk Avenue. Yeah. It's a- it's as Restaurant row. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, the chair of the board on. there and we have a great community and uh, diversity and, and restaurants and businesses and- you know, fifty percent women yeah, owned. Right. It's really the epitome of what I call. So it's funny you say America. that because I see a lot of single women that are buying right now. Yeah. Over single men, I'm going to say uh, twenty five to almost fifty percent of. Well, no, fifty percent of my deals are single women that are buying houses on their own, and I'm not talking about a hundred thousand dollar house here. I'm talking about two, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, so uh, so that's a big one. Um, a lot of young professionals. You know. Um, that are coming in. And that's how it should be. I mean, there should be that torch passed from one generation to the right, next. You know, right. that's like the natural cycle. Right. Next, you know, my generation, generations below me, they buy houses and it continues. So I'm a first-time buyer coming into South Philly, okay? I go to you. I say, you know, what's the what's the uh, best three neighborhoods that or the best three streets or the best three areas that... You know, go from 
you know, brought in Washington all the way up to the stadium. Where do you think I should be going and get uh, a good value for my dollar? Um, you know, somewhere where, you know, I can feel somewhat safe and, uh, you know, a, a half decent school. I think the four zips of South Philadelphia, four, five, four, six, four, seven, four, eight. Okay. You still get a lot of good bang for your buck. Okay. Especially in four, eight. Four, eight. Four, seven is kind of priced out. All right. Four, six, because that four, six is not graduate bad. hospital. Right, right, right. Four, five, you got Point Breeze. You had a lot of development there. But um, four, eight, you could get a lot of bang for your buck down there. Okay. I mean, I'm still a two-story house, yeah. pretty renovated, updated. Right. Three, 350. Versus, I mean, like Fishtown, Northern Liberties, all you know, all the well, breweries, a yeah, different story. That's a different story. Where you're spending maybe four, five, six hundred thousand easily, which you is know. you know not cheap. And then even around where I'm at, right off, because I live right off of my office, Patrick Avenue. But yeah, you could still get a decent little house. Probably need some work, two fifty, two seventy five, and yeah, maybe you're spending three fifty, three seventy five for something that's not. As updated, but right. up more updated. Right. I, I would say 250 is probably more of a grandmom house. Right. You know, you need to put some sweat, sweat equity, excuse me. Are you seeing, the, um, so these prices of these houses in South Philly, they're going to start coming down or they, they're going to hold their value or what do you, what do you think? I think they'll probably come down slightly. Yeah. And then they'll rebound. Okay. And then, because we always go up slow, but steady. Right. That's the good thing about one, it well, one of the good things about it doesn't lose its value. Yeah, it holds on. Right, right. And if you're going to hold it for a long term, I mean, three to five, ten yeah. years. Yeah, you know, you're you're going to see some appreciation. I can't guarantee that. Now, but if I'm an investor, you are. like let's say I'm a first time investor, and I said, Mike, I'm coming into the city to uh, buy an investment property. What do you think? Um, is it worth it right now? Is it uh, you know to buy in the city uh, an investment property, or you know, I want to buy maybe a duplex or a triplex? Um, what do you think? If you can find them, yeah. I mean, the multifamily market is even, it's going the crazy. Inventory is even less than I know because everybody wants to be a landlord. Yeah. Right. And you can get decent rent. Yeah. You know, it pays the mortgage, gives you a little cushion, you know, extra on top of it. How about off market deals? You, you've seen, uh, yeah, there's some yeah. few there. I mean, yeah. I think most people are going to want to test the market because people are more educated yeah. today. They know the value of their homes versus 50 years ago where you, you know, right. you still need a realtor. Don't get me wrong. That's what I mean. You get it for sale by owners, but usually they're not that successful. Or they're, they're overpricing it. They don't know the wow, market. Wow, because they, they think that their houses are worth, you know. You know, 100,000 more than it's worth. Well, it's South Philly for you, yeah. right? And they, the, they all think it's If the appraisal comes in low in South Philly, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, they will hunt you down. And- <laughs> But that's well, not only in South Philly. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting down the people that we live with. This is everywhere, right? Because yeah. I'll go home and get killed right now. So for saying <laughs> that, but it's everywhere. If the if the values come in low, like everybody thinks their house is worth five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars, you know, it's not. Uh, it was maybe in 2001 when there was a or 2021 when there was a pandemic or 2020. Yeah. But now. It's not worth that. We're coming back to reality. We're coming back to reality. And this is the problem that people are not getting that, that your house is not worth 600000 anymore. It's now worth 500000 I'm seeing that in 145, uh, the reserve. Yeah. Packer Park itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the villas, uh, Siena Place. They're sitting. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, they are. They're not There was selling. at one point a lot of inventory down there. There was. 
I think it's come off a little bit, but they are sitting a little bit. Right. Things are, you know, because um, I think that these prices are going to start leveling out, you know, unless the rates come down. If the rates come down back to the fives or in the sixes, then everybody will come off the price. Then it'll hold. Right. Yeah. Then the values will hold. Yeah. And they may even go up a little bit. Right. Because there's going to be a bidding war again. Right. Demand's still strong. Yeah. What I say is you only have so much houses. You, you can't build much more, in, especially in South Philly. There's no land. Right. There's nowhere to go. Unless you're going to go to the Navy Yard maybe or no? Down there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I say that it's too. Interesting- I, well, I run down there, right? So I run around the, you know, along the water in, in the Navy Yard. And they have all that land down there, which they could easily build if they wanted to. But will people go? You know, will they live down there? The problem with down there is you have to have transportation. Oh, you sure. You have to have a car you have to have or a you car. got an Uber. Right. Or you got a bike. Right. Which there's are no now- subway. There's no bus. No, no. Well, there might be a bus. Well, Don't they take the people that to go to work there. I mean, all, yeah. so they could get a bus maybe from there. But uh, could get septed down there. But-, but that's the only spot that I could think of in South Philly that they would have a spot to build. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's really is the only land left. Right. Right. So- that's why I always think long term. Yeah, you're still going to have a good investment. Tell me about rental raiders. Rental raiders. All right. I told you. I, I had saw a lot that. Of hats. Now I said this guy has a lot going on, man. All right. I'm not joking now. This guy has a lot going on. So, you know, I just caught my eye, right? Yeah. So I said, he's the owner of rental raiders. Yeah. First of all, I never heard of him. I said, but this sounds, uh, you know, interesting, yeah. right? So you tell me. So the backstory is about. Nine years ago, I when I started in the business, I started really working with my dad with his rentals. I would show his rentals. Okay, run so you like to show an agent? Yeah, right, right. I would I would meet tenants, which yeah. I I hate giving away all my secrets. I give all my secrets right. away. Right. George, are you writing this down? <laughs> <laughs> if you're somebody, starting somebody take in the notes, real please. estate business, <laughs> I mean, wait, let me let me tape this. Yeah. Under there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're starting in the real estate business, start with rentals. Okay. It's a great way to so make a quick You're saying dollar. as far as buying, like, or starting with- Oh, rent. no. St- I'm sorry. Start with tenant representation or landlord representation. Okay. Finding okay. somebody in an apartment. Right. Yeah. So, so be like a rental agent. Agent, yeah. Okay. Okay. Great way to meet potential buyers, future buyers, future sellers. Right. And that's where I started. Okay. So I rented a lot of my dad's personal apartments. And- And there's money in that. Oh, you make great. If you do 10 a month- Right. You'll make what you're making as a real estate agent, just yeah, selling where it. Where you got to do one houses. deal in three, four months. Right. Okay. So I always tell like newer agents, start there. Be the rental And agent. start with your family and friends because you might have a friend that's looking right. for a new place. Right. And they're moving. You call them. Hey, yeah. I could I could send you a quick list of properties and send. let me show you one and I'll make a commission. Right. That's easy. So long story short. Oh, sorry. My phone's ringing. Sorry. Um. Oh, so that's where I started. So I, but I would always show apartments and I would get a question of like, well, how's this place? Um, you know, how's the landlord, how's the neighborhood, whatever. And I started doing research and I said, man, there's really no universal site right. for apartment ratings. So I did some As more far research. as the internet. As far as the internet, yeah. Right. And, and real estate reviews are a hard thing because you don't have, especially apartment, you don't have a lot of turnover. Right. You know, you, it's hard to get people to write a review. Right. I'm sure you know, even in my, I know. You yeah. know, you try, hey, can you 
I, I did know. a great job. Can you let yeah. people know that? You know what they say Only, to me? Yeah, yeah, Alex, I'll do it. And then yeah. they never do it. And then they never do it. Right. Or if it's a negative experience, which is not with us, but- We don't want to know. We don't want, right. we don't want to know, right. but that's when they tend that's to- That's when write. I, well, I don't ask. Yeah. If I know, because I already have a feeling <laughs> that they're going to give me a negative. So I'm saying this guy, I'm not going to ask, and this guy I will ask. But then the guy that I do ask who had an awesome experience still doesn't do it. No. So, so I'm at Drexel and I, um, I, I have this idea of, well, we're, we should, there should be a site somewhere. And, uh, I did my research. I met another startup and I said, I really want to pursue this idea. And, um, the school of entrepreneurship there, I was in the business school, but they have, um, school of entrepreneurship. They really guided me in saying, I'm going to try to find you a connection okay. to build this idea. And that's where Rental Raider, but Rental Raider was born from so showing Rental Raider a site right now. That Rental you Raider's go? live. You go to rentalraider.com. And then when I go on there, what am I going to see? You can review of an apartment that you live in. You review the actual apartment that was rented to you. Yeah. So if you lived in say one, two, three, four main street, you'd go on there. You would type in one, two, three, four main street. Say I lived at, you know, apartment two F okay. whatever from 2022 to 2023. Yeah. How was the landlord? Great, responsive, fixed things fast. Uh, how was the neighborhood? Oh, yeah, close to um, restaurants. Nice. There's a grocery store nearby. Um, how okay. was the-, the um, So you're the basically reviewing everything that has about to do the, the yeah, area. About the and property the and the landlord. And the landlord. Yeah. Okay. So that- And a lot of people don't bulb. like their landlords. Right. Well, that's going back that they have a negative experience, <laughs> but we want positive. Right, right, we want exactly. a mix of everything. Right, right. We like our landlords. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Right. So we launched that, and um, I've been working on it ever since, like 2017. Okay. I mean, it's must be doing good, right? Slowly, organic growth. I haven't done because right. I got kind of busy with the brokerage. Right. That I kind of put that to the back burner. But are you running the whole brokerage right now? Me and my dad. You and your dad. Yeah. Okay. So rental raider is kind of taking a back seat, but I really want to focus on it because there's a need for it. Yeah. And rental agents, I'm sure they're out there that are looking for jobs too. Yeah. Right. They probably could help you on that site. Yeah. Um, the the rents, uh, do you see them going down soon? Uh, if uh, I think they'll level off. Because these landlords have gotten a little bit crazy. Yeah. With what they're asking. When there's a lot of building, which is good in my mind, but all that building is going to create more inventory and I think rents will, will stabilize. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, they want, people want tenants and they want them to stay. Yeah. I mean, one of the most important things is I want you to stay. Sure. You know, if I can get you for a year. If you can get a good tenant. For two, you gotta, three years, right. I want you to stay, right. stick around. Because I've more. been on the fence with buying a rental property. I mean, I, I'm, I'm horrible. Like I've been in the business 25 years. I haven't bought a rental property. Really? Yeah. I've always, I've like gotten to the point where it's in, I'm going to do it. And then, um, and then I back out. And I think it's because I don't, um, you know, I don't know too much about handyman stuff. Right. And I'd have to hire somebody probably to do everything yeah. or a management company to do everything. And then I'm thinking to myself, That's where you is hire it, me. Right. <laughs> is it worth it? Right? Yeah. Are you still going to make money other than having the property itself and building the equity? Or are you going to get a positive flow on top of it? You know, is the thing that you got to find out. If you yeah. look at all the pieces of the puzzle. Right. It's got to be a good buy. Yeah. You know. And so. you know, the cash flow is going to be strong. You do the, the background check yeah. and make sure you get good tenants and then make sure the bones are good. Yeah. Yeah. 
and don't try to get ahead on that maintenance. You know, make a jump on that. If you know the hot water tank is 15 years old, just go out and put a new one in. You don't have to worry about it. Right, right. I like it. Maybe I'll go to you. Call me. I'm here. (laughs) And that's been my specialty. Yeah, I know that. From the Uh, beginning. you're You're the right guy. Okay, so... Some of the common mistakes that we're seeing out there uh, for buyers that are coming into the market in South Philly, uh, what are you seeing? That's a, what's a common mistake that you know you you they come to you, they seem solid, you know, good people. You might even know their family because everybody knows everybody, right? <laughs> so so they're referred from you know uh, you know somebody on the street or whatever. Uh, what's the common mistakes then that you're running into and then could kill a deal on on your side? Well, I'm a firm believer of not just jumping into it to do it. You know, like you have to have your heart, your mind and the financial end of it into the deal. Right. You have to want to make this commitment. You know, just don't buy a house because you see your friends buying a house or it's it's a logical thing to do. I mean, it's, it requires a lot of thought. Right. And you really got to make that commitment to being a homeowner. So my first thing is just, Unless you really love the first property, odds are you're not going to buy the first home you see. Of course. Unless. Just don't jump in right. on the first unless thing. Unless you just want to buy something to buy something. Yeah. Like I mean, said. don't don't let your impulses and your emotions dictate, you know, where, where you want to be. Yeah. And just don't buy it to settle, you know, just to settle on, this is the house I want, you know. Right. Remember, because right. you're going to be living there. Sure. So you got to love it. So that's a huge mistake. Someone's just jumping in and saying, I'll just take it because I take it. And then they because get they market feet. because it's still crazy out there. Right. You know, I mean, the supply is still low. And if something's priced right, no matter the state of the economy or the market, it's going to sell. Yeah. yeah. You know, people are always going to buy real estate. They always need a home to live in. How about this for a mistake? Um, Mike, I'm coming to you from another agent because, uh, yeah, they told me the way of the inspection on every offer that I put in. Uh, they told me to waive the appraisal, the inspection, um, waive everything. Um, what's your feeling on that? I don't, you know, I see a lot of that no. in order to win an offer, which is really bad in my eyes. Especially a first-time buyer. Especially a first-time buyer waiving an inspection. You know, are you running into that, number one, which I'm sure you are, and then what's your, what are you telling them? Well, the first thing is, you should always do an inspection. You is have my to. belief. I agree. Especially if it's your first house. Because right. it's not even, not only about learning about things that might be wrong and defects. You get to know about a house and yeah. what you need to do to upkeep a property. Sure. So that's not, I always say that. And if they don't want to do an inspection, I make them sign a release that I told them to do an inspection. But You actually chose, say that. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. to cover you. Yeah. Right. I always recommend. I mean, first of all. A seller can't tell you not to do one because no, it comes to question. But, but they don't want to do any repairs, right? So they don't want to hear any flack. They want you just to sign the contract. And if you got a problem with the house, that's your problem. Well, then you move on to the next one. I agree. Because <laughs> there's always going to be another there's one. There's always going to be another one because we wouldn't be here how many years later. Yeah. There's always going to be another house. And then what happens to you as the agent when you sell them that house, they don't do the inspection, then- they call you five years later. That something blew up in the house. Uh, you know, the heater went. You told me not to do an inspection. Now you lost a future client. Yeah. For a quick buck. It's not worth it. 
You know what? One thing I, I stray away from, sometimes I'll do it if I know both parties, but I am a firm believer in not doing dual representation. I know I'm changing the subject, but- But listen, I'd like to hear this because this is what I see a lot of too. I, I don't think you adequately can represent both parties. How could I get the seller the highest price possible and also get the buyer the lowest price possible? I agree. You're, you're, you're going against yourself. But I have done it if I know both parties. Now, if I get a call, a sign call, or a lead through Zillow or wherever it yeah. comes from, yeah. I immediately tell the person, look, I like to not do dual representation. I, I'll give you to one of my agents in my office, their experience. Sure. Um, if you don't have an agent yeah. or if you want to go find your own agent, that's fine. I mean, or maybe I'll show you the property and then right. somebody story. else writes the contract sure. Sure. because I don't want to be in that situation. Where you're actually bidding against yourself. Like yeah. you have the one person and, and, bidding. And I tell, especially investors when they call and they want to make low ball offers, I don't really need the money. Yeah. And that's not being cocky. I think that's just like, of, I don't need it. There's a bad. lot of desperation right now with a lot of these agents. I to think, get a deal. To get a deal, get something on the books. You know, it's been a tough market. That's all I hear all day. Um, a lot of layoffs, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, uh, people losing their jobs and, you know, it's just not not a situation that you want to be in. So unfortunately, you move to a desperate move where you, um, you know, you, you you tell people to do things that they probably shouldn't be doing because you get burned. And you're trying to get the deal. Right. It's and the is same it, as the mortgage business. Is it worth you know? selling your soul to the devil? Not for one deal. No. Not Long for term, one deal. big picture. Right. If you're in it for a career, then you're going to tell them the right thing. Which you have to be. I mean, I, I'm a believer. Uh, you're same a believer too. You have to be really successful. You have to be committed to this sure. business. I mean, you got to be all in or all out. Yeah. Like even part-timers, which I don't like to put down part-time loan officers or, or part-time real estate agents. Listen, if you need to have a job, you know, doing something uh, it, where you could pay your bills uh, in, in a tough market like this, I understand. Yeah. I'm not going to put them down. You know, you got to put food on the table and, and yeah. you know, feed your family. But I haven't seen really successful part-time loan officers and real estate agents, you got to be all in. Yeah. Like around the clock. You got to hustle. Constant. You got to I mean, hustle. You got to live and breathe it. Yeah. On the weekend, at nighttime, every night. Yeah. That's just it. You know, there's no magic bullet. This is not a five, nine to five. Right. Right. It's not. I mean, it's just you not. Know, I mean, so. and the other thing is, you, this is not a business where you can glamorize it on social media. No. Well, like I post all my my listings, sure. but I do that to market myself, sure. to market my listings. That's what I do. I market but, I market that I'm at closings. Yeah, I market that I work with agents like you, because people like to see that, right? Yeah. And and I think if you go to a closing and you show the people's faces and you do a picture with them, they like that too because it makes them feel good. You know. But if so, you're doing that all day, no, and you didn't sell and one I don't home. Have time to, right, which is a lot of that. I see that all the time. I know that drives me up a wall. So, um, what's it? If I'm coming into South Philly, because there's a lot of South Philly agents, and I know a lot of them, if I'm coming into South Philly, what am I looking for as far as in an agent that I know um, is going to take care of me? Like, what what traits am I looking for? And, you know, do they need to live in South Philly, or, or does it matter that I pick an agent from the Northeast to, to represent me in South Philly? No, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, if you know your market, you know, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't go sell in Allentown. I don't right. know Allentown. Right, right. But I, I could sell in South Jersey. 
I could sell in I could sell in Center City. I could sell in the suburbs because I'll learn those markets. Yeah, yeah. But that's another part of it. You got to put the time and the energy in to learn that market if you want to. Should I automatically market. go to a full time agent? I don't think so. I mean, because you could be a part time agent and still have the hustle and drive mm-hmm. and the commitment. What I would look for experience. Yeah. I look at the number of transactions they've done. Is there a variety in price ranges, yeah. right? right? Do they only sell $200,000 homes? Do they sold a million dollar home? Do right. they sold 500? I mean, that kind of speaks to the agent, I think. They're not, willing to work with a cross-section of Johnny's all different uncle's buyers. cousin's friend's sister's brother told me to call <laughs> Jeff down the street because Jeff just got his real estate license and I heard Jeff's good. Is that, <laughs> you know, Jeff I mean, could be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff could be good. Could, could, we don't know, but I, don't you know. know but Usually, I, I think you, you know, got to do some research, right, about the right. person. I mean, and you got to see in the mortgage business. You know, I always, um, wow, well, we're using my brother's sister's friend's aunt, who's in the. You know, she's really good, Alex. You know, she's a. And, and the I, next thing I know, the aunt blows the deal up, and then I get the deal the week of closing, and and we wind up closing it. So. You know, it's not always because of it's your family friend or a, you know your your sister's friend next door or your or your 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 brother's uncle or whoever it is. You know, it, it, you can't trust everybody just because you got to really scope the person out and yeah. see who they are. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, and you got you got to learn. About, and I think there's got to be a relationship. You have to a relationship in the sense of you have to be able to work together. Yeah, if there's not that feeling. You, well, you got to have and, a rapport with yeah. the person. Right. And that's what I do when I make a recommendation of a mortgage lender. Right. You got to, I gotta give be them, a, few, with them a list of people. Yeah. You call them, who are you comfortable with? You go with that person. Right. Unless they have somebody in mind already, but right. you have to have that rapport. Now, if they come with somebody already in mind that you have no idea who they are, where they're from, uh, they, it's an out of state, you know, I'm what, doing my research with them right. on them. Because the most important thing for me is when I'm a buyer's agent, right? I want to get that deal to the closing table. Yeah, yeah. So I want to make sure this person can get the job done. Right. Like I know I could sell them a house. Right. But, but if they got to go for financing. And the guy lives in Michigan and it works in a call center, that's a problem. <laughs> Say no more. Right. I won't name right, any names. We're not going to go We're there, not going to name not, the companies, but I know what you mean. Yeah. So. Um, and. I stay clear. And yeah, I, I don't want to name any names either because, you know, it would be bad. But I, you know, if you, yeah, you know, how about abbreviations? Can we do abbreviations? No, yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know what you mean. And the big banks. Wow. I always say avoid the big banks. You know, I get the phone call every week, you know, they, they went through such and such bank or yeah. this bank or this credit union or whatever it may be. And you got to get them out of there. You know, because they're not getting any response from the loan officer and they're not getting anybody back and all that stuff. Well, the, so. the the best thing that I have heard over the years is, well, we have a relationship there. And yeah. I'm sorry, but a bank, a big bank, maybe a local bank, small two, three branches, that, that you can have a relationship with. Yeah. But if you're trying to bank with Wells Fargo and you don't have $50 million with them, they don't care about right. you. Right, right. I'm sorry, but they don't. I mean- they don't care because you're, you're just another, you're just another, they don't care about anybody because you're doing so many deals in the whole country. You're just another number. Now, granted, it's true. If you have $50 million with them, 25 million, then yeah. they're going to pay attention story. to you, you know, but you're not going to be because you bank with Wells Fargo since 2008. 
Right. But if, they, they if you have 25 or 30 million, you're not talking to me and you. You're no, you're going right to the, you're going to the <laughs> higher ups. <laughs> me and you well, are out of the picture. But right I that love that. Yeah, I, just, I've had that yeah. conversation with when I'm on the seller's end. Right. Right. Well, so-and-so they have a relationship with this bank. Yeah. And I, they don't care. No. I'm sorry. They'll, they will tell you everything you want to hear. Sure. And then they'll say, no, you're denied. Yeah. The week of closing. And then, and then there comes problem. Alex. Yeah. He's got to save the day. Right. I got to explain myself to my right. client. Right. Which makes you look bad. You know. Um, but it happens. But it happens when you don't do your due diligence and you don't do your research. Right. Yeah, the 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 the, buy, the, the South Philly market is uh, evolving, right? So, you know, you you got uh, like you said, you're seeing, I guess, more younger generation now coming in. Um, yeah, I think it's that transitional. You're seeing the older, right? The twenty year olds are yeah. starting to uh, come in um, to keep this market going here. Um, you know, you're. I think there's a lot of older school agents too. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot to learn from. The right. Older school agents. Right. You know, so, so I think you're going to see that evolution coming up. And unfortunately, I'm not going to put down the young agents because I know you guys are out there cranking and I do business with a lot of you. And they're working hard. And they're working hard, but you got to communicate. Uh, Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, we you're not getting that the, they don't respond. You know, if I have, if you send me a deal and I'm working with your client, I got to be able to get a hold of you. Yeah. Right. So if you're a, if you're a buyer out there right now, then you're looking for an agent and you're having a problem getting them on the phone to respond to an email or a text or a phone call, you got a problem here. I mean, I hate to say it. You, you know, got to be available. Because you don't want to be calling the mortgage guy saying, you know, Mike sent me to you, but I can't get hold of Mike. Yeah. Mike never answers my call. Mike never gets back to me. Mike is, you know, he's on the internet, uh, you know, playing whatever he's doing, you know, doing his thing. But I can't, he won't respond. And I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah. How much of that? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And know. I love my dad. I love him to death. But he's that, he's got an old school. I mean, he communicates. Great. Does he respond? He responds. He wants, he wants an answer. But I'll tell you a funny thing that he does. He refuses to put in the MLS instructions for a listing. He loves it for the agents to call him. Okay. So he's old school. He's old, but, old school. But see, that drives me up a wall. If it's a vacant property, I said, just put the lockbox in. Right. Right. Why well, do you got to talk to the person? And I, let me preface this when he listens to this. I love my dad. I learned everything. I had a leg up right. over a lot of agents because I had him. Mike but it is, drives me up a wall. He's starting to worry over here a second. <laughs> he's going to watch it. Maybe we'll refilm this piece. <laughs> Let's start over and wind. But no. <laughs> He wants to tell them the story. I'm like, sometimes they don't want to hear the story. Yeah, yeah, of the, yeah. Well, you know, grandma died and they left the house of the he five kids. He likes to and build selling. that rapport. But he likes the communication, yes. which is what it is. Too. Which is what it is. Yeah. You know, nobody likes to get on the phone anymore. I understand. I don't like to get on the phone a lot either because I'm too busy doing 10 things at one time. Yeah, For you to get me on the phone, I lose an hour then. Yeah. You know, and then it throws my whole day off. But sometimes you have to because people don't get it. Yeah. And if, if you ignore them, then you're going to lose them. You know, they'll go to another agent. They'll drop you and go to another loan officer and say, you just didn't communicate with me. You didn't yeah. get back to me. And you didn't tell me what needed to be done. Right. You know. Um, no, I, see, I do see that a lot. Or at the last minute, oh, the deal, there's a problem. That, why didn't I know this three weeks ago? Yeah. 
you know, loan officers, you know, if you have a loan officer out there that you're in the market with and you, you know, you get, um, you, you got to stay on top of the loan officer and keep asking them what's going on with the deal. Yeah. You know, you have to, you can't just um, trust them 100% to think that everything's okay. Even me being as long as I am have problems on every deal, yeah. right? Whether it be an income issue, a credit issue, whatever it may be. Right. So, or a piece of documentation you need and you're trying to get a hold of the, the buyer, right. the agent to get, and you can't get to it. the client right. to get it. You know, you gotta, you, you have to make sure that you're checking in on your own deal. Now, you don't have to be beating up the agent and the loan officer every hour saying, What do you need from me now? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. That's a little much, but a check in maybe, you know, every other day or something or, or a couple times a week. Once or a week. Once maybe, a week, maybe, say. twice a week, maybe. Say, hey, um, just checking in. Do you need anything from me? Is everything going okay? Because it's the silent killers that sometimes creep up on you the week of closing. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm on their phone saying, we got a problem. This deal's going to blow up. I need this, this, and this. And we got to jump yeah. quick because it's closing in a week from now. That's it's the funny, kind of stuff you got to watch for. It's funny that you said that because we were having that conversation a week ago. And my dad said that. Communication. People don't communicate. They don't do it. It's like you were listening in. Yeah. Like as I'll he send, calls in. I'll, is he calling right now? <laughs> yeah. Let's get him on the line. <laughs> Mr. G, uh, <laughs> we're on a podcast. Dad. Yeah, we're on podcast. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I think it, and as, as new buyers, not only coming into South Philly, cause I know I keep gearing this back to the South Philly market, any market, you have to get the communication. Uh, and if you don't, it's a, it's a red flag right off the bat. Like yeah. if you're, if you're having communication issues the first week that you're doing a deal, you better be, really on the agent and the, and the loan officer, or you better be finding something new because you're going to find a surprise pretty quick. And it's a surprise you don't want. And it's the surprises that kill the deals. Right. Right. So listen, I, last week I did this, um, and I want to ask you your predictions for 2024, because I just, I think I'm going to make that a theme as we go into the new year here. What do you think is going to happen next year in the South Philly market? In Passionk Ave, in that whole area, what's going to happen with this city? Is it going to? Are we going to get a better name? And are is is it going to be more volume and more transactions being done, or is it going to be what we're looking at still now? This this kind of weird, you know, cloud that uh, is in the real estate and mortgage business right now, where everybody's walking around thinking they don't know what's going to happen. I think we're going to have a smooth landing. Okay. I think we're coming in. We're hitting a little turbulence. Yeah. But we're we're gonna have a smooth landing. What inning are we in? We're in the seventh. Yeah. Okay. I'll hold you to that. We're coming around the home. <laughs> yeah, we're coming I around. I think we're coming around the home. I really do because okay. I think what's gonna happen. You're gonna see the value of this city comparatively to other cities, and you'll see some migration back. Okay. People actually coming back into the city. Yes. I like that. The framework is there. The bones are good. Right. You, you know? just got to clean it up. It just needs a little cleanup. Right. I see that. And we always, historically, we have always just chugged along. We've grown. Yeah. But we just chug. You know, we're not the New Yorks or the Miamis or the LAs where they see these dramatic, yeah. huge spurts up. Right. But then huge spurts down. No, this down. is just a, just a level. We're like slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And I could see rates coming down too. Uh, I think rates will come down. Right. And they're not going to go to 3%. We may never see that again. No. But five. I don't, I don't, 
five, six. I, I agree. Historically, right. The average, yeah, which is the norm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the economy will bounce back, and inflation comes down. I think inflation comes down. Yeah, that's good. All the way around, you know. I yeah. Mean, I, I, the other thing is employment is strong. Yeah, but I, I, I think a lot of these reports are somewhat skewed sometimes. I don't know if it's 100% as good as what they say it is. That's just my opinion. Um, I could agree with that. You I know. mean, they do fluff the number. I mean, they're politicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's you what their job is, <laughs> to fluff it up. <laughs> I know, and I'm calling them out right now on my podcast because I'm tired of the fluff. I want well, the real numbers. So that the people know what's going on with these employment numbers, because these employment numbers dictate the interest rates, right? If the employment numbers are really high and everything's great, then the interest rates um, go up. If the if the employment numbers are where they are right now and they're just okay or, or they're they're lower than what the what the fluff is, then the rates do come down. Yeah, right. So let's tell the truth. Well, let's talk about an election coming up, twenty twenty four. Right. You got a presidential election. Right. You got Senate. You have the whole uh, House of Representatives. Yeah. What happens in an they're, election year, right? We they're know. not going to, they, to keep their position, they're going to, they make want everything. the economy to be yeah. strong. Right. Right. So, uh, and I, I'll go back. Sorry. I mean, no, I'll go back to it. The reason I love this business is at the end of the day, everybody needs it. Somebody, everybody needs a house. Right. You always, they're always going to be buyers and sellers. Well, that's why I'm in Regardless this of the state right. of the market. My mother was a title rep her whole life. Um, that's how I got in the business in 1998. She was a, a worked for a title company. So she got me in this. But she she always said in my first few years, Alex, you, you, people always buy houses. That's it. They're always going to need to buy a house. Like the economy will never stop 100% where people are not buying houses, right? They're always going to buy. Never going to so, uh Right. Never going to go. So, you know, never worry. People have to move. They have to get married. They get divorced. They get, uh, uh, you know, they're having babies. They're moving jobs. They're relocating. Whatever it may be, they're always going to buy a house. Their kids are growing up. They need to move out. Right. Sadly, people die. Yes. State of life. Family they're sells the property. Right. Estate sale. Whatever yeah. it may be. No. I mean, the yeah. truer words have never been spoken. Right. But it, it's really, true. And here I am. True. Here I am true. 20 years later and people are still buying houses. Even in the worst market right now, people are still buying houses. And yeah. if you have your established business, book a business, and you put right the hours and the time and the commitment that it takes to build that brand in that business, yeah. no matter the state yeah. of the economy, no matter the state of the housing market, you're still gonna right. do business. Yeah, so, you're gonna have better years. You're gonna have slower years. Well, that's where you know everybody wants to make a million dollars in this business every year. Right? It's not gonna happen. They want to make it their first year. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother topic, but we're not going to get into that. Or I'm going to leave you guys alone. I feel like I've been beating the, the real estate and mortgage guys up in this. And we're, we're supposed to be talking the, to Mike, the young, the young guy, yeah, the young men and women. No, I mean, yeah, it's good, but you yeah. got to put the time and the effort I understand. and the energy into it. Uh, one last question, because I have a good one for you here. Okay. And this is, this is for the, not only buyers hearing what your opinion is, but also uh, real estate agents hearing what your opinion is too. So Mike has been with Century 21 forever, right? His father built this business from the ground up. Uh, that office is not going anywhere, okay? They're not going out of business. No matter what market it is, 
bad or good, they're going to make it through. Right? Yeah. Let's agree. So. Unless they retire. Unless they retire. Right? Which then they'll probably hand it down to somebody else to keep running it. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. So. Why Century 21? Century 21's been a, a, a golden name forever. I used to do uh, deals with your office, like I said, back in 06. But yeah. before that, I was doing Century 21 deals in Jersey and, yeah. and uh, Advantage Gold and all the other Century 21s in the area. So um, why Century 21 then over the big guys like Keller Williams and, and uh, Berkshire and Remax, who sometimes recruit all these agents and get all the big names and all that? Why stick with a Century 21 or, or a boutique shop like you guys or a smaller shop versus being with a, with a, why would, if I, even if I'm a buyer getting into the market, why would I want to go with a guy from Century 21 over a, over a big shot at Keller Williams or a big shot at, at Berkshire? What is the, uh, you know, the feeling there? Consistency. Experience. Okay. And Century 21 has been a staple and a respected the name. Is name. Right in real estate since the seventies. Yeah. And it's a traditional brokerage. It's always going to be here. Not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Listen, they, they had, I will say late nineties, early two thousands. They were the name. Big time. Big time. Yeah. They're still the name in the rural part, rural parts of the country, the suburbs, the cities they're not big in. They never bought into the fact of the Keller Williams, let's take people under us and do all this property share and stuff and all that, right? Is no. that the difference? Every or? every office is independently owned and operated. Right. It's but you have an autonomy there. We can run our office the way we now we have to follow the brand yeah. guidelines. We have, we're still Century 21, but we can run our office the way we want to run our office. Right. Because it's independent. And that's owned. the value that I say to agents that want to join our office. You want to now you can't do anything illegal. <laughs> Well, Don't get me wrong, obviously. but you know, you have autonomy, you know, right. you have the ability to go out and build your own little business and be under century 21 Forrester. And you don't have to worry about the big corporate right. umbrella. Right. Same thing as green tree. Yeah. Like, I it's, mean, like I could go work for Wells Fargo, right. Or bank of America or chase or any one of the big guys, but I choose to stick with green tree because it's a smaller company, you know? So, um, and you can go right to the owners. Yeah. Yeah. Me I and my dad. That. I mean. Same thing. Same thing. And take care of a problem on the spot. Right there and then. Nip it in the butt. Yep. I'm sold. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go work for Century 21. I mean, what do you think? That's a, you know, it's a. Family run. It's family you know? run, which is huge that you don't find. Generational. Yeah. Me and my dad, were a great team together. We butt some heads when he doesn't put the lock boxes in the MLS. That drives me up a wall. But South I love Philly him. guys. Regardless, heads. I love Where him. would that come from? That's very weird. It doesn't happen in business in South Philly. They don't butt heads. Everybody gets along. All right. <laughs> There's no problems. Um, all right. Well, listen. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. You were thanks for all that me. we this expected. Was great. Plus, this was some. great. He was a great guy. He is a great guy. Thank you. Alex. He runs You're a great, great business. You know, Rental Raiders, which we found out about tonight, which is huge. Go check on his out. website. Check it out. I mean, I, I'm really interested in, in checking it word. out myself. Spread the word. Uh, go see Century 21 and Pastor and Gav uh, anytime. Like, go check them out there. If you're going to buy a house, he's the guy, right? He's been in the business. He's seen the markets. He's not scared of 8% interest rates because he's still doing it every day. Yeah. So um, thank you. So thank you. And uh, tune in every Wednesday, uh, 9 a.m., 
Uh, I want you to see this episode. I think you're going to love it. And I'm going to see you next week also. And I thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Oh, that was great. That was great, man. Thank you.